are listening to a Stroke of Luck podcast. I'm Deanna. And I'm Tyler. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us through episode one, two, three, four, five, however many we've done. <laughs> uh, it has been a great first season, and uh, this is the last episode of season one of A Stroke of Luck. What do you think, Deanna? Was it a successful season? I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, so just everybody knows uh, our seasons are going to start around January, February, and they're going to end roughly around June. Uh, that way we don't burn out and we have a lot of other stuff that we do. So um, that's this is going to be the last episode for season one. Uh, Deanna, why don't you introduce our special guest for this episode? Well, this is Vicky. Hello. <laughs> My uh, old note taker. Let's be clear. I'm not old. Okay. What? If anything, if anything, if age comes into this, I'm vintage. But how about we go with former? Former note taker. Yes. For my bachelor uh, degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So an, an interesting um, an interesting part of some of the benefits, especially here where we live in New York, not all states are the same, um, but there are state funded programs for people with disabilities to where they can get assistance in their education and in their beginning stages of their careers. So I will divert the uh, I will divert the explanation as to exactly what it is that um, your role was and who you worked for and what the position kind of was to uh, to you two since you're the experts on it. In um, my old old college and my old 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 note taker was coming to Vicky's uh, well. She was in the hospital giving birth with uh, her <laughs> daughter, and she, the old, old, old note taker, walked into Vicky's room and said, Hey, do you want this job? Well, let's be clear. It wasn't when I was giving birth. It would be a little bit of an awkward <laughs> situation. Okay, fine. Um, after. After. <laughs> um, so she came to visit me at the hospital. And um, so she, I and I vividly remember it. She walked in the door and she said, hey, do, you know, do you know of anybody who would be interested in this position? And she explained a little bit about it, um, you know, assisting um, a student who has cognitive disabilities and you'd be going to to classes with her and assisting her with the schoolwork and here I am in my hospital bed and I'm like um yeah actually that sounds pretty interesting I'd, I'd be interested in that so that is how we ended up getting paired up and um six years later mm-hmm. now and- you say note taker but what is the just for for clarity because uh, some people would need support in all walks of life. What what was the actual position? What is it called? Well, so the interesting thing is that based on where I was working, um, they had different classifications because it wasn't just assisting um, people on a on a one to one basis. They covered a wide range of people who needed assistance. Um, with caretaking or, uh, you know, assisting with disabilities. And it was across a broad spectrum of um, caregiving. 
My position was known as self-hire. And what that was, was you were uh, paired up with somebody and you knew the person that you were paired up with. So um, with this program, let's say, for example, um, you had a family member, say like an uncle or something that needed assistance, um, you know, going grocery shopping or needed assistance with care. You could be employed through this program to take care of that family member. In this instance, I took over from um, the previous note taker. It could be personal aid um, because as Deanna and I worked together, my role also evolved beyond helping um, with school mm -hmm. particularly. Yes, we worked on on other things um, such as budgeting and I don't know, just a, a variety of things, um, trying to find things around town um, in terms of social activities and whatnot. Um, I feel like I'm digress. Um, yeah. So it's through Heritage Christian Services. Correct. And, and yeah, we, we, we actually just had one of your, your bi-yearly meetings mm -hmm. and I learned a lot about it, that it's tied to um, Medicaid. Medicaid. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's tied to Medicaid, and it's um, specifically there are there are multiple parts of Medicaid that I wasn't familiar with. Um, the first part being the healthcare portion that most people associate Medicaid with, mm -hmm. correct. And then there's a section of Medicaid that's tied to specifically her disability, and because of the age at which you had your disability, that part will never go away, mm -hmm. and that provides Diana a budget per year. Um, to give all sorts of benefits um, to assist her in her life, one of them being the ability to pay for a salary for uh, is it called Comhab, where it's like a self self hired community. Um, oh, what is it? Community rehabilitation. Yeah, so um, I was thinking. The, I'm like, it's not. They it's, dropped the the re part of it. Yes, um, and that's what it is. Is basically. Um, Navigating, you know, com being in the community, doing certain functions out in the community, how how to live and how to function independently or with um, just a little bit of assistance. Right. Yeah. And, and learning exactly where that came from and how that was funded and all of the things that it includes was actually a really a good breath of fresh air for New York State. Because I loathe this state. <laughs> and to actually see something that they did good. And we actually found out from Heritage during that meeting that people leave other states with disabilities all over the country to come to New York mm -hmm. for the services that they offer. That's correct. Actually, one of Deanna's projects that she had when she was in college um, I forget the class. Well, I am now. still in college, but okay, good when obvious. when when we were working together for one of your classes for my uh, undergrad, correct? Um, when we were working together, um, we researched um the spectrum of states and and what they covered in terms of Medicaid and and Medicare, and New York State actually ranked as the best in terms of spending per person and qualifications. Now this isn't, I, I do want to say this, this doesn't mean, you know, you can just, 
you know, you get tons of cash thrown at you or, or whatnot. You do need just yes, you need justifiable mm-hmm. reasons as to how you qualify. You need to provide proof and and things of that nature, um, so that funds are not misused. Uh, correct. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so it has. It's you know done wonderful things in terms of. You know, even just in the time that Deanna and I started working together um, to when, you know, we ended our working relationship and just continued and maintained our our dear friendship, um, you know, and seeing the leaps and bounds and, and how far you've come. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, and we. In the meeting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Tyler was in the meeting and they said regardless of marriage or not. Yeah. So that was the nice thing is because so with Medicaid, um, the benefits go away once you meet a certain income threshold um, and uh, asset threshold, I believe it is. However, because of the age at which you had your um, injury your stroke and yeah. the fact that you're never going to well i mean this would be awesome if it happened you wake <laughs> up one day and all of the, the symptoms of your stroke are gone <laughs> unless that were to happen you will have that benefit forever so mm-hmm. if in 30 40 years you start to decline and really need some assistance because of your stroke at least and present whoever who knows what will happen with the laws and and benefits you know they're always trying to take social benefits away Mm -hmm. because people don't see the good that it helps real people Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we do this podcast um theoretically you could still have somebody come in and get paid to help you Mm -hmm. yeah and here's the thing it's not bad money (laughs) no and um it just takes a lot of patience and mm-hmm. access vr said regardless of marriage you still have right well because the marriage benefits. marriage would have affected the asset limit because yeah. the, the government treats married people as a single person for qualifying for assets yeah yep so back on topic what uh what was that what was the experience like for you uh talk about kind of like what what it took or like what did your what did like how did you help her in school what did that look like um so diana went to two different colleges while she and i worked together um and both were were really good schools she decided to i guess kind of change her major um which led to her also going to the second school that she went to um we would go to class together Um, we would sit towards the back so as not to be a disruption to the other students. Um, I would sit and I would take notes in real time. I would type them out on the computer during, uh, class time. She also had a program that would record the teacher. Oh, uh, uh, audio note. Correct. Yes. Um, so that if we needed to, we could always go back and review those audio files. Um. Once, you know, she was done with her classes or in between class time, we would review assignments, um, homework, homework, go over things. Um, a lot of it was writing based, just simply based on, you know, the, the fields, the 
your interests that you were interested in mm-hmm. per your degrees. Um, so that required a lot in terms of writing and organizing your thoughts, determining, um, okay, this is these are this is the parameter of the assignment. How do you want to approach it? What topic do you want to use? How mm-hmm. do you want to approach that topic? And making sure that as we were collaborating with writing, that they were your ideas that were simply just manifested with me doing the physical typing. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of that um, in between. Um, so for some context, you did her bachelor's degree, her undergrad degree, but then mm-hmm. um, you left the position and mm-hmm. Deanna was looking for somebody with experience at a master's degree level um, because I I know this and, and you know this, mm-hmm. a master's degree level is wildly different than a bachelor's degree level mm-hmm. and you and I just don't have that exposure. So it was something that you had made the decision that for the sake of everybody, it would be beneficial if Deanna found somebody that could actually help her and have the experience in that. So we were looking for another person and in the in the middle, I was helping her. Uh, we won't go into the the long <laughs> story of last semester. Yeah, people were just dropping left and right. Like nobody wanted to work despite with an me. unbelievably really good pay for what they had to do. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I I got to experience kind of what you're saying. Of Diana would read something, and then I would read it, and I would have to in like probe questions to her to get her to respond comprehend and regurgitate the information and then once we got it out of her then we would write it because she can't because of her aphasia she she really struggles with the technical writing part Mm -hmm. so it would be up to us me at that short amount of time but mostly you that we're talking about to um to formalize her thoughts because Mm -hmm. she can't Correct. And that's that's one thing that I think needs to be well well touched on. It's not cheating. Even though you're 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 doing the work and you're answering the questions, your answers are her answers. Correct. Yeah. And I would I would always maintain academic integrity and mm-hmm. academic honesty. We had very open communication with her professors. Um, and we would explain what we would do. Um, we would go over how we would outline things. Um, we would say this is this is how we follow protocol. And and based on the schools too, um, especially when it came to say, for example, taking an exam. Um, one school that she went to, what her first one was a private school, and then the second one that she went to was a state school. And then, of course, you know, you also come into the different protocols and those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you come into the different ways in which they want to proctor exams as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, of course, you know, while we were working together, we also ran into the whole pandemic issue, and so that really threw things for a loop. Um, and a lot of your classes transitioned, thankfully, were able to transition mm-hmm. to online. And um, I love online schooling. So now. Because you're disciplined. That's the thing. Yeah, is and you, on my own and mm-hmm. do it on my own terms. Now, as a part of that, 
your shyness of being in a classroom and and like getting called on or and you just you don't want to be judged or well, do you just like online because for me I just like online. I can do it whenever I want. I don't have to get up at six in the morning when I, so I did my degree online as well, my bachelor's degree. And I would just do all my work in the evening because I'm not a morning person. Well, yeah. And, um, going into class and, um, the person, professor said, oh, just have, uh, like, uh, like reading not out loud and in my head I can't physically do it Mm -hmm. like college level so the the online learning allowed you to to collaborate freely without having to worry about disturbing an entire class yes exactly um and I also found that that um and this also went along with Diana growing as a person, um, knowing just how shy and reserved she was um, when I first started working with her and how outgoing and gregarious she was, um, you know, once, once she concluded her bachelor's degree. Hey, guys, we need to tell you about our sponsor, Cardinal Artworks. That's right. Cardinal Artworks is our exclusive provider of really great merchandise. They have cutting boards, t-shirts, cups, you name it. That's right. Scott and Christina over at Cardinal Artworks are amazing. They're also the exclusive provider of all of the merchandise for the Diana Zapparo and a Stroke of Luck brand. So make sure you check them out. We're going to have a link in the podcast description below. Enjoyed the show. You know, she she really gained that confidence. And I vividly remember it being the case where, you know, it would be the last couple of classes and she would maybe have bonded with a couple of people who sat by her and she would open up her story to them and tell them, oh, yeah, I suffered a like stroke. Like the last uh, um, class. Yeah. And the people around her would be like, I'm what? They would, they would just be completely dumbfounded, like, oh, oh my gosh, this is crazy, this 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 amazing story. And she'd be like, do you want to see a picture of my brain? Yeah. <laughs> if you ever meet Deanna in person, she has pictures to show you, and she'll probably ask if she can show them to you. Yeah, this is my skull. And it's like, and don't get me wrong, she would be like, do you, well, are you okay the, with seeing this? You know, the contact, uh, talk, the contact. No. Context, yes, because I had uh, a say uh, a loose screw in my head after uh, countless uh, surgeries later, and um, and I said to the surgeon before I was under. And I said, hey, can I have a picture of my head opened up? And he said, sure. And that was cool. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> that's how Deanna has pictures of her skull in her brain. Yeah. So did you find the the academic systems that we have in place or did you find that the schools were accepting of the fact that you were there or was there ever like any pushback of like 
this is like borderline cheating or was it very much like, oh, absolutely. Did you find any No, they were both. I mean, first of all, it's treading a fine line in terms of um, what can you really to a certain extent, can you really say no? Because then it's a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So exactly. um, You know, you have to make reasonable accommodations. But no, um, I, I think. I don't think we ever really encountered that. I mean, you had one professor who requested that, you know, sit in the back, back, back. And I'm like, I can't like understand. Like you couldn't physically read, right? Because she was still using like a dry erase board or something like Uh, that. And that was like, that was like at the other, other school, the first school. And and yeah, but to be honest, I mean, she was still making a reasonable accommodation. It's yeah, um, and you you did a you did well in that class anyway. So for the online degree, I well in COVID like degree, uh, online uh, degree, um, I had for one year straight A's mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and um, I was on the dean's list and um, I got uh, what is that um, the highest level of summa cum laude or ODK Oh, oh, you, you were, were part of um, one of the national, the honor fraternities yeah, for yeah. your and academics. And I was um, the highest, like, honor roll, like, mm-hmm. the top uh, yeah, honor you're roll. A smart There's student. summa cum laude, magna cum laude, and one other, one others. You were, I think you were in one of those. Um, as far, though, as um, accommodations, th- they were wonderful. I mean, your second school, the professors, the degree, I, I can't say enough great things about that, that program, that school, mm-hmm. your professors. I mean, I'm, fr- I'm friends with more of your professors through social media than any of my professors when I was in college. So... <laughs> Well, um, my bachelor's was uh, public health, mm-hmm. and we were in class for public health, and the professor said, yep, um, so we are canceling online classes. You mean we're canceling in person and going to online classes? Uh, yeah, yes. and my <laughs> my professor... <laughs> In the math class. So. Oh my! <laughs> what? what so that. how are we? How are we going to learn? How are we? How are we going to do all this? I have so he's no like, idea. I don't know. I I I have no idea. We're going to drink Bloody Marys all day. I don't know. <laughs> yes, he li- he literally said that. I know. <laughs> wow. Like I said, it was a great program. He was a good teacher too. <laughs> she had her. She had him for two classes and. Oh, really cool. the uh, math class and the other class. Mm-hmm. So that do you really, feel? Uh, was like the great class, mm-hmm. the second uh, course. So do you feel like you also have an unofficial degree in public health? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> most assuredly. I wonder if all you would have to do is just be like, hey, school, if I pay you money, 
can I get a degree since I basically did all this class work? Well, and it's funny because to for her um, advisor, I, I kind of said that. I was half joking, half serious. I was like, so could I like ask for an honorary degree? And he said something along the lines of, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, especially, you know, I'm sure there's some way, but never took it from there. Yeah. Would you have any interest in working in public health? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, actually. You like stats and stuff, right? Like numbers and spreadsheets? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of research in public health, actually. Mm -hmm. I I find it very, very interesting um, because in terms of public health, it's it's not just about, um, you know, educating the public about this or that. It's not just about, and I mean, I'm going back to the pandemic and thinking about, you know, our our previous Governor Cuomo and talking about, you know, his daily, um, what was it, the daily updates and stuff he would mm-hmm. do. It's so much more than that. Um, I mean, you can incorporate public health into a lot of things, not just, you know, your your typical programs of, you know, sex education awareness or, um, you know, nutrition and, and awareness and, and these kinds of things. I mean, it could even be something along the lines of, um, you know, working for an organization, um, you know, any any type of office type job. And you have somebody who almost works in conjunction with human resources and someone who can assist in that function. It really can segue into so many different options. And I think, you know, especially after, you know, everything with COVID and, and the, uh, you know, masks and this and that and the other thing. Six feet apart. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you really learn. So what a time to be doing everything mm-hmm. during the middle of a pandemic, taking a public health degree, seeing firsthand all of the things. Mm-hmm. And now that was, was this one math class that Deanna had to take for her public health degree. And she's, we're we're both frustrated because it had gone online and we were really struggling with the content. And Deanna's like, so when are we going to actually use this stuff? When are we going to use this stuff? And I was like, Deanna literally turn around because behind her, it was like, it was around noon when the governor was on and doing Mm -hmm. all of his stuff. I'm like, legitimately right now i'm like if ever there was a time in which you were going to use this kind of stuff it would be right now (laughs) and that okay um my professor in that class (laughs) was um like i can't think of that like eccentric well for the whole semester i didn't have my grades Like oh, for well, the master, was... uh, not my master's, uh, for my midterm, like anything. And That's everywhere. Every college. Well, there, I, there were complaints. a lot of, there, I, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt because there were, a, with this particular professor, there was a lot yeah. of stuff going on. There was, and I'm not about to divulge anything, but, you know, obviously everybody has their own stuff going on. Yeah. Even when it's not a public global health crisis and so um one of the biggest issues that we ran into in terms of that was it was a biostatistics course um Mm -hmm. and at the beginning and we knew this at the beginning of the semester before everything with the pandemic went down 
um, they had mentioned that they were transitioning from using one system to a different system. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like it was updating as it was going along. Mm -hmm. And so um, not even counting whatever else was going on, you know, in everybody's personal lives. But here you're thrown into these online classes. You have not tailored your um, your um, syllabus for that. And then on top of that, you've been thrown a wrench and you don't have the ability to teach your students and um, from one program to another. There was just a lot going <laughs> going on so yes this was a class in which the grades didn't come in until the end but like two weeks like after the semester ended yeah. but it I, worked out you still passed the class everybody passed the class as far for, as i know for a c plus in that class but whatever it was but, a really hard class so what would you what would you say was the hardest part about your position helping Deanna? <laughs> Me. No. <laughs> no. She, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, so it's really interesting. You don't, you, you wouldn't necessarily think of this. Now, um, the, the pay was really good. I got, I got to do so many things. I got paid to learn. I got, to, pay. I got paid to hang out with a really awesome person who was uh, like, amazing and fun and stuff like that um but what you don't necessarily think of is you are literally thinking for two people and um it can get create a real brain drain and and mental strain Mm -hmm. um because you're not only just you know thinking of your own life and what's going on you know as you're sitting and talking about how to you know, take Deanna's thoughts and translate them into a paper or, or whatnot, um, and still maintaining academic integrity. There's a lot of mental gymnastics that you need to go through. Um, and it it can be a lot. Um, I mean, my husband and my family know that, you know, there would be times where, um, you know, we would be done with work and I'd be like, look, I just need to de I need to unpeople is how I call it. I need to unpeople and I just need to, to quiet time. Yeah. I just need to do something that requires pretty much no thinking whatsoever so that I can, you know, build up my mental capacity again. Right. And it's especially because, I mean, you said that it was interesting, but it's not your degree. It's not a degree that you chose because you are wildly fascinated by it. So there's some, some part of the mental energy that is extra and above somebody that was all about that degree, because it's not, it's not your thing. Your mm-hmm. thing is you're there helping, helping Deanna. Mm-hmm. So trying to help Deanna, but also comprehend something that's not really your career field. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you have said that you found it kind of interesting, which is good, but there's still some of that, like, it's not for you. The degree's not for you. So you're spending all of this mental energy on two different things and then you have your own life. And so it just gets draining. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... All jobs do to a certain extent, but... They do. This one required so much more thinking than than you would normally do. So my, I've now segued into an office job and... Um, you know, that off it's, it's, you know, a good job. Um, I do a different, different set of skills and whatnot. Um, it even still, even though I'm part of this, this major, um, you know, corporation, I guess, um, it, it even still does not require the level of thinking that I had working with Deanna because it was academic phase not academic based it was um academic based um and it just required a lot yeah worth it 100 percent. but yeah and that's why i that's why i will never go back to school like i just i'm done with it i've got the degree that i want school in and of itself is a very taxing because you're mm-hmm. learning you're learning unknown things and you're doing a lot of it mm-hmm. and it's not really on your terms it is to a certain extent but you're only granted um so much freedom so let's mm-hmm. say you know diana really had an interest in i don't know i i know that you're interested in like historical diseases and stuff so we'll mm-hmm. go with a black death okay so let's say she really wanted to 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 do something on the bubonic plate. Well, maybe um, that's not eligible for that assignment. Right. Okay. So then, um, you know, you're working on an assignment that you may or may not even be interested in the subject matter to begin with, um, both Deanna and myself, um, but you you still power through it because that's what you need to do in order to get your degree. Mm -hmm. Now, did you enjoy some of the other stuff outside of school more than the school stuff. For example, we went to Milwaukee and you got to experience that and learn how, how Milwaukee works. And Deanna would always tell me about how she would go to Milwaukee and what they, um, through Marquette university, they have a program or a couple programs that involve intense reading therapy, intense writing therapy. They also have physical therapy, um, which is not something occupational, occupational, therapy. which those latter parts are not, um, we're not, Deanna did not partake in while she and I worked together. Um, but she would always tell me about it, and I would always hear about it. And, of course, she would always tell me about how cool a city will Milwaukee is, which, yes, yes, it definitely is. There's my little endorsement there. Um, so it came about where Deanna asked me, she said, do you want to, you know, come and observe the therapy? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And so I, I talked to my husband, Justin, about it, and he's like, yeah, what? Why wouldn't you go? He's like, we can, you know, turn it into a vacation and stuff. And I'm like, and my son at the time um, was remote learning. And so we were just able to, you know, pack up his school computer. And so I went, I went with Deanna. And you get paid for it. Right. Well, anyway. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's, but the learning experience. So yes, the paying for it is, is good too. But um you know, Deanna, there's just things that you can't really put a price on. And being able to sit there and observe your um, speech and language therapy. Yeah, being able to sit there and observe that. And um, forgive me, I can't recall um, 
the woman who oversees a program. Tina? Tina, yes. Mm-hmm. And having Tina come in and, and she was just, oh, she was so cool. And, and you know, you would be sitting there and the way it works is it's got the... um. One way. The one way mirror. So Deanna can't see us, but we can see her. And um, so we would be sitting there and Deanna might start yawning or something. And what Tina would say is, do you see that? Do you see how Deanna's yawning? That's that means that she is reforming those neural pathways. Um, And she's tired because she's working for it. And Yeah. um, But she's reforming those pathways um, to reinforce what she is learning in this intense reading and writing therapy and just being able to observe it. I mean, I had even told my husband, you know, once we were done for the day, I'd be like, I would just love it if you would be able to see this because it's just so fascinating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how, well, before we wrap it up, how cool was it being exposed to that complete different world not just the milwaukee part but the being involved in a different world that no it seems like almost nobody knows if you're like note taker what's that or comhab what's that or wait you you have somebody that works for you to help you and nobody knows and you experience this whole other world Mm -hmm. and not saying that that every position like yours does the same stuff. That I think that's part of the uniqueness is each person mm-hmm. with a disability requires their own unique um, comhab right. person. Yeah, because everyone has their own unique skill set. So not only in addition to, um, you know, whatever trials or tribulations a person with a disability faces, but also they're each individual unique strengths. Um and what they they themselves bring to the table. Um, so you can have somebody who's completely nonverbal and their own personality, they're still able to communicate in their own way or they still have their own personality that shines through. And it's just it's a great way to experience people and see how they bring their strengths to the table and see how they bring their own individuality um, to overcome their obstacles or their own take on things. Um, I have a friend now who works in a different branch of Heritage Christian Services, and they work with some people who are nonverbal. And um, they tell me about how they work with people who are confined to wheelchairs or whatnot, but they how much they love these people because they have their own unique personalities and their own sense of humor. And when it comes to actually working with disabilities and seeing how they incorporate their own strengths and weaknesses into their own, I guess I want to say a plan or how they incorporate these into their um yeah, I guess rehabilitation plan, right? Yeah, yeah. person, I think uh person-centered care plan. Yes, thank you. Person-centered. Um which again highlights the individual person. Yeah. It's our off-screen expert provided us that term. Correct. <laughs> um it's not people-centered. You know, it is person-centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to close it up, but I do want to again 
Thank you so much for being here. Um, we, Thank you for We talk to you me. all the time, yeah. so it's not like you're a stranger, but um, I, uh, I feel like you're one of the, the more important people to talk to for season one because you provide a service to Deanna or provided a service to Deanna. And I mean, you still provide a service and friendship. Well, she's like my my surrogate little sister, I call her. Yeah, and you're, yep. you're one of her bridesmaids in our upcoming wedding. Mm-hmm. Um. But before we close it out, what is one piece of advice if one of our listeners or watchers says, you know what, that's super cool. I Maybe I don't live in New York. Maybe I do. Um, maybe more broad advice. What do you have for somebody that wants to help dis- disabled people? Do it. I mean, it, it, it sounds really simple and basic, but do it. Um, there is so... People... I feel are nervous. They're nervous about how to approach it. They don't want to come across and say the wrong thing. They don't for, um, you know, people, they don't want to be a trigger for something. Um, and I know that, that, you know, I, I, I completely get that. Um, I think as more information is known out there, I, I think that it, it invites opportunities. You know, this field um, is such that they are always looking for, for people to assist, whether it's in a paid position, um, a volunteer opportunity. There are just so many opportunities yeah. out there. And you don't have to have a specific qualification because each person has their own needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the thing is, is I don't have a, a degree in working with people with disabilities. My my friend who I mentioned also works at Heritage. They came from the telecommunications industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just forging a, a, a connection with people, right? Mm-hmm. So are you going to treat anybody else any differently? It's just putting yourself out there and saying hello saying how can I help um sitting and having a conversation I you really don't know how much of a difference you can make mm-hmm. until you put the effort forth and I lied I actually have one more question <laughs> did the position with Diana and the friendship that evolved thereafter change your perspective on disability yes um, yes and no. Um, it really highlights the broad spectrum of, um, the disabilities that people have from something that you, you wouldn't know that someone has a disability. How many times, Deanna, did we come across people that didn't even know that you had a disability? Yeah. Like a couple of people, mm-hmm. but I, <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people. That's a like, lot of people. Uh, <laughs> over You've met hundreds the of years. thousands of people? Yeah. Yeah, she's just that nifty. Deanna uh, for yes. president? <laughs> no. Um, and not know about my story mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I mean... And I'm I'm sorry. I just I have to make this anecdote because it it it's pretty relevant to to um what we did in one class. It was a say adolescent psychology or or something along those lines. Um, we started the class 
and at the beginning of the class and, you know, talked to her professor and whatnot. And her professor had mentioned, oh, you know, at some point during the year, you know, we discuss I, I, a person who had a stroke and um, they're younger as well. And, you know, I talk about her and Deanna said to the person, she's a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a friend of mine. I know her. I know her and I know her family. And so. And the professor said, what? Yeah. <laughs> so what actually, when it came to that period of time in the, in the class, um, he basically swapped out this person for Deanna. So Deanna mm -hmm. gave a presentation um, on my own, on her own, completely on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, during the class time, and this is important to note. You know how in college, you know, especially because this class, it was, I think, right after lunch or something, so everyone, people zone out, and mm -hmm. then right mm -hmm. after lunchtime, people are really zoning out. Um, <laughs> the food coma kicks in. Oh, yeah. When Deanna had this presentation, everybody was asking questions. Mm -hmm. To the point that... Class ran a little bit late and people were still asking questions because they were so invested in what she had to say. And she was very forthright and very open um, with her answers. And um, the professor said, can you talk to the other uh, uh, class as well? Mm -hmm. And so it, it forges those opportunities. It creates those opportunities. So in a long convoluted way of cycling back to what you asked me, look at those opportunities that presented themselves just from those students in her class asking those questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been a great conversation mm -hmm. and thank you so much for being on the, on the podcast and thanks everybody that has listened to all of our episodes. It has been a great season one. Deanna's tired. She's been thinking. She's been foring, forging exactly. those pathways. <laughs> so we will see everybody next year uh, mm -hmm. around January or February. Um, in the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, reach out. you can reach out to Deanna via all of the ways, com. And we're still going to record episodes here and there as they, if anybody if of note comes up. But or... Uh, uh, what is that? Uh, blogs. <laughs> sure. Blogs. Like going to the islands and stuff. Vlogs. Blogs. No, no vlogs with a V, like video. A video log. B vlog. It's blog. No. It's it's awkward to say. See that. <laughs> Anyway, keep yeah. going. But yeah, so we'll we'll record episodes as the as interesting topics arise, but we're gonna post them next year so that uh, you're not bored of hearing us, and we're not bored of hearing us. <laughs> I can never be bored hearing you guys. Aw, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. All right, do you want to say any? Uh, do you want to say goodbye to our guests, or are you just gonna <laughs> say yeah, whatever? <laughs> not hey, whatever. <gasps> See ya. <laughs>